The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Who is Fred Zinke's 27th round sleeper? We'll find out <laughs> next on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by the good folks from So Rare. We'll be talking some So Rare in their postseason game on Thursday's podcast. Uh, no, we're not going to talk about 2023 27th round. Only the first two to three rounds. We're not that crazy. We're just a little <laughs> crazy. How you doing, Fred? I'm good. Can I get Jose Barrios? He could be my round 27 sleeper oh. next year. He's got a 523 RA. Nobody's going to want him next year, right? Yeah. Well, as long as you know to stream him only against bad offenses, you're fine. Someone will definitely want him uh long before round 27 so he, that won't really work his october his october era is amazing 150 yeah one game right well yeah. done so well done. not to make this a jose brios podcast but he has two months this season not counting october july and april are the only two months where his era is below five and a half that's amazing just oh. amazing yeah I, I shouldn't be i shouldn't be all over this guy actually just to start the podcast because I shouldn't be all over him. He he got the Blue Jays home field last night. He had a good final start of the season. We'll see how he does in the postseason. I don't know. At Rogers Center, he has a 424 ERA, seven and two. Who are they going to? Are they going to disaster they're, on the road? They're, they're going to end up facing the Mariners, right? Seems quite like. likely. I'd say the Mariners like the Mariners have to really work hard to lose a lot of games to Detroit to get in, to let the Rays pass them. So I right. would say probably, I don't think the Mariners want the Rays to pass them either. I don't think they probably care. Like the guardians have gotten to the point where them and the Jays have like the same record and go yeah. to Toronto, go to Cleveland. To me, I think those matchups are probably, don't you think I, I don't know, maybe I'm, I'm not, a, I'm a Jays fan. So maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not the best source, but I feel like going to Cleveland, going to Toronto, they're probably similar. Is Toronto yeah. scarier because the lineup has so many big names in it. Cleveland's scarier because their bullpen's better. Yeah. You can just lock it down. Although Toronto's bullpen's quietly pretty Not easy. bad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but Toronto but, yeah. does have some really high-end starters with Manoa and Gosman. And then the lineup. I don't know. Maybe on paper they're a little scarier than Cleveland. Who's the game three starter? Stripling or Barrios? So, to me, it's got to be Stripling. Yeah. Like, how well does this guy have to pitch before he's the automatic starter? It, it, he's pitched amazing this year. He's pitched... His DRA this year is three oh one. I think that? the only thing about Stripling is he just he doesn't go as deep into games. Yeah, 
That's fine though. Yeah. Like that can't be, I don't know, to me, that can't be, it's 301. It's 292 as a starter. Cause he did spend time in the bullpen. Right. Like, he's even better as a starter. He's been good down the stretch. Like, to, I don't know, to me, it would be a no brainer. And Barrios has lost so many games for the Jays in the first two innings this year. Yeah. Where he's just, he gives up six runs or five. I know there's the whole, like you could pull him, but I'll take stripling for five, five, five and a third, something solid. I agree with that. Um, yeah. And you know, the thing is, it's the playoffs. Just yeah. you go on a strict, no third time through the order with him. I think if he goes four and a third, so be it. It's like the race with Charlie Morton a couple of years ago. It worked. So I'll also mentioned stripling last nine starts. Seven of them are six innings. So yeah, pretty good. Like seven out of nine are six innings. So if he's pitching well, decent chance that he could go six innings. Yeah. I think uh, if it really gets efficient. to that. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I think, I, I think I can't, I don't know. I know Brios has the long-term contract, but I can't that even imagine matter. how a manager could look and look like stand up at his team and say, this is the guy we think gives us the best chance to win a, a game three. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Unless there's like some specific matchup results with the Mariners. And I haven't looked at that yet because we're doing 2023 and not blue Jays versus Mariners necessarily, but That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, or Rays for that matter. Um, that's right. And I feel like we've been pretty good this year, actually, about not talking too much about my Blue Jays or your Reds. So we got a little off topic today. That's fine. I mean, there's Rio nothing seven, to talk Rio about with my seven Reds. Shutout. I just yeah. looked it up. Rio seven shutout in his one appearance against the Mariners. So if you did okay. want to look at that. The game is afoot. All right. If you did want to look at that, Stripling has it one start against the Mariners, five innings, two runs. So fine, but not seven shutout. No. no. I would still, I think Stripling's a no-brainer. I think so, too. Yeah. Uh, let's take a look at uh, 2023 uh, drafts here. And we're only going to look at like the first few, like two to three rounds. I want to talk globally first. Uh, last year, there were 13 pitchers on average drafted in the first round of the main event, the NFBC main event, 15 teamer, 15 team mixed leagues, uh, 13 starters and four closers. If you go strictly by main event ADP. Uh, there's obviously some outliers, both in terms of individual players and in some leagues, they went a little crazier. Uh, any league that Dalton Del Don was in, everybody got scared about the pitching and pushed up starters a little bit more. Uh, he had that sort of effect. It was actually pretty cool. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I think it's uh, very interesting to see uh, what people do with starting pitchers. Do they feel pretty good about the results here? Let's let's I kind of want to go through if you don't mind indulge me. Just kind of go through these starting pitchers. Uh, where they were going on average and whether that was a good buy or not. And then maybe that maybe informs us of maybe a possibility for go, uh, for uh, this upcoming, uh, see, this next this next season. Easy for me to say. Uh, first of all, my 13 was based on Otani being a hitter. I think more people used Otani as a hitter than for a pitcher. Sure. Yeah. Although he was awesome as a pitcher. I, mean, I think it, I think it's fair to say there's might be some people who used him a bit as a pitcher, but I don't think when they draft, when they drafted him, that was not the plan. Right. So I think, yeah, we definitely count him as a hitter just in that sense. Like he wasn't being counted as a, Hey, maybe I'll use this guy seven or eight weeks as a pitcher when they was, when he was drafted. Yeah. Even if it happened by, you know, by surprising circumstance. Yeah. yeah. I, I agree. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. Um, Let's talk. Let's, but let's, uh, so let's go through this here. Uh, Garrett Cole was almost by acclamation the first starting pitcher taken because DeGrom got hurt in. Uh, well, I mean, if the, the first round of main events actually happened before the news on DeGrom came out. Uh, so there were some early DeGrom pick, pickers in there. Uh, but if you, you know, I think on average, 
uh, his, his not, you know, he tailed off quite a bit. Like he was a second overall pick in some drafts that first week uh, and then dropped all the way to 263. So there really is a 14th pitcher there to think about there. But Garrett Cole, first pitcher, on average, the ADP in the main event was four, like 4.19. Once slipped all the way to eighth. Is he the most valuable pitcher this year? No, but he's, again, he's always there. And I think when you're looking for, for pitchers, that's what you're looking for. I wouldn't be surprised if he's the first starting pitcher drafted again next year. Yeah, I guess, I guess I think you're right. However, it's, it's it's a little weird. So I just pulled up, I just went into our friends and family league as you were covering Cole. And so in the Yahoo rankings, like statistical rankings, he's the 22nd starting pitcher this year, Hmm. 25th pitcher overall. That's really low to get a number one spot again without injury. Like that's 22nd and he's been pitching all year. Like guys who are ahead of him, some guys like Spencer Strider who missed some time, Christian Javier who spent time in the bullpen is ahead of him. Some of See, the I don't get that. Him. I don't, our, our player, uh, our maybe auction up, value does not have that. Yeah. Maybe I'll pull yours up and see who needs Yahoo after all. Maybe I'll wait. Well, I mean, it, Yahoo. maybe it's more of on a per start basis or something like that. Maybe it's, it's that base. But I think be, the raw but... accumulation, 248 strikeouts, it's, for Cole, I mean, I, I he, you know, granted, your point still stands even with RotoWire, where it's it's the thirteenth starting pitcher mm-hmm. uh, in terms of, of value there. Okay. Yeah. So maybe there's something to be said about uh, not putting him higher, uh, not taking him first. I feel like, and, and our friend and colleague Scott Pianowski always says that is, you know, you just want your first pick to hold serve. You don't have to be doesn't have to be the best player. Three fifty one ERA is the argument against him holding serve, but two hundred forty eight Ks, yeah. thirteen wins. Did he was he the starter today for the Yanks? I forget. Starting one of the games, I know they won the first game five four. I haven't looked at the box. They won score today. Yet. They won today five four. Also, uh, late rally on that one. There, I can. I have the right. computer. I have a computer at my fingertips. I can tell <laughs> you these things. So not um, a win if it's a late rally. I'm sure he wasn't still in there. I'm sure they got him a few. No, it was Tyon that started today's game. Oh, okay, so. so he still starts tonight. They, they play twice today. Yeah, that's true. So I pre- he is. He's starting tonight. Yeah, he's starting the nightcap. Okay, there you okay, go. Okay, so okay, so let's say he just manages to move up another dollar or something. On uh, yeah, if if he, I I know what you mean about holding serve, and if he finishes as like the eleventh starter on your earned auction values, I guess that's good enough. All I, all I'm saying is like you know, yeah. like oh what a what a bust. You're not saying that about him. He might be at, there are certain starts where you're saying that, especially earlier this season with the whole, like, Oh, he had to wait five minutes for the long national anthem or whatever thing. Uh, but for the most part, you got what you paid for with that. Yeah. And, and another win or two would have pushed him up into the twenties, like for dollars and would have pushed him into the top 10 and wins are fickle. The Yankees were still going to project him for one of the highest win totals as a starter next year. Cause he throws plenty mm-hmm. of innings on a good team. So same thing is yeah, true he for, can, I agree. Number one, same thing with uh, Corbin Burns, the number two pitcher uh, on average. Uh, in fact, he was worth slightly more than uh, Cole yep. better, better ratios, two ninety eight oh ninety eight. Uh Probably won't make his last start is my guess. Now that the Brewers have been eliminated, he was going to pitch tomorrow if need be. Uh, now that the Brewers have been knocked out of the playoffs. I would be surprised if he pitches tomorrow. So I debated that. Um, with a little bit on Monday before lineup set um, with Tanner Bell and Jeff Zimmerman. And uh, 
I know we kind of came to the conclusion that he might. He has the strikeout lead right now over Carlos Rodon by one in the National League. Um, I for, I think Rodon, I forget if he's done or if he still has one more start. They're talking about sh- shutting him down. He was supposed to pitch right. tomorrow, but there's some talk about shutting him so down. So that may matter to Burns. Like maybe he'd like to go out and if he needed a few Ks, go out and get the strikeout lead. If he doesn't need the, the strikeouts, I don't know. He needs one inning for 200. Like maybe they let him make a short start, get a few Ks. You know, get up 240k. If you could throw a couple innings, get up over 200 innings, get up over 240 strikeouts. So, if he does start tomorrow, I think it's going to be, or sorry, on Wednesday, I think it's going to be a pretty short one. I don't think he's looking for one more win. I can confirm Rodon is not making, and Rodon was originally scheduled to start tonight. Now, so that gives him the strikeout lead. Burns yeah. uh, and I, and he can't catch Cole really. He's 10 strikeouts behind him and Cole's going to get a few tonight. So yep. he's probably not catching Cole. Yeah. I, unless there's a contract incentive for most strikeouts. I don't see why you would chase yeah. on that. Yeah. I, I mean, I leading the majors to strikeouts would be really cool, but not worth throwing eight innings in the last game of the season for yeah. him. So yeah, I think Burns, I like Burns a lot. I know he had a bit of a, like a bit of a downturn at one point this season, but the overall numbers come out fine. Mm-hmm. Um, the Brewers generally do a good job with pitchers. Like I, I had Burns like right with Cole for my number one pitcher this year. Burns had a 481 ERA in August. Other than that, he was really good every other month of the season. Strikeout rate dipped a bit in August. Walk rate went up a bit. Other than that, he was good. I, I right. like him. I like him to be in my top two or three pitchers next year. Yeah. So both Cole and Burns are fine, and Burns yeah. is borderline a win because of all those kids. I mean, they both are. I mean. You, you waited a little bit longer on him. Burns uh, answered some innings pitch. I was just before we leave Burns. He answered some questions about his innings pitch too this year. Like he had 167 yeah. last year. We we talked about like would he go past 180 or 85? Mm-hmm. Well, he's going to go to 200. He's probably going to go to 200. That's that's meaningful. Yeah, it is. Yep. It really yep. is. Yep. All right, next pit. You know, we talked about Otani classifying him as a hitter rather than a pitcher for this exercise. But sure. if you know, you did fine with what what you got. If you were expecting pitching from him, you're very happy with what you got. Yep. Uh, Walker Bueller bust, obviously. Uh, so we no need to spend a whole lot of time you, there, but, and I think you skipped Brandon Woodruff. No, he's next. Oh, you didn't. Oh, okay. Bueller I... went ahead of Woodruff, uh, by a scintilla in a uh, main event ADP. I searched only by main event. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so Woodruff is an interesting case because he was hurt. He has, he hasn't quite been dominant. Uh, he's been good one, but only 153 innings. Uh, actually, I mean, his ratios are good. 305, 107. I mean, that's yep. pretty good. He's really still good. got you 190 K. So better than I thought. It just feels like he, he's a little light, but not really. He had one stretch on the IL. I, is this a top two rounds player for you? Yeah, probably. Um, well, he's in my, it depends how I want to address pitching, but yeah. So he started the season off poorly, 530 ERA and in April. And I know for some people listening who are like, why is he quoting ERA? It's not a, not the BL and NL. I'm just, just as quick references. Quick and, and they are fantasy yeah. categories. Yep. 530 ERA in April, 432 in May. Then he got hurt since he came back from the injury. He is lights out. So below three ERA in July, uh, below, in July, August, September, not even close really to three in any of those months. He's been lights out since he came back. He looks just like what we expected. Strikeout rates. Great. You know, yeah, he missed a few starts, but not an amount where we're super concerned. He's going to finish the season with 27 or 28 starts. I think he's in my top whatever pitchers again. So he's in my top tier. So let's, we're going to have a few other names here to discuss, but to me, my top six or seven pitchers for sure. Yeah. So he's definitely fine. Yeah. Max Scherzer, a little light from what you expected. 
especially in terms of the innings. So, you know, you get great ratios, but you're only getting 145 innings over that 173 Ks and only 11 wins. So not a bust, but probably not what you would have, what, not what you're paying for. Would you take him in the top three rounds next year? Did you say top two or three? Uh, I guess that answers my question. I think I can right there, huh? Yeah. I think I consider him in round three. I think round three to me, um, uh, he's 38. He's going to be 39 halfway through next year, a little past halfway through next season. That's pretty old. Um, I don't want to be an ageist, but I like I, I know what career. Tra- I, yes, still think, I still think Max Scherzer is really good, but we've seen him have some problems with it. Oh, it's hard to really pick him apart. He made 30 starts like last season. In the shortened season, he made a dozen. Like his starts totals have been pretty good. Uh, maybe I could find a way to get him into round two. I'm going to say that. I would take Woodruff. That's a tough one. I didn't say I would take Woodruff over him. How about you? Um, Just on age, I think I'd take Woodruff over him. Probably. I I need to see what the Brewers are doing this offseason because I know the Mets are going to contend. And I also believe in organizations, you know, and trying, you know, if all else fails, give me a Dodger, give me a Met, give me a Yankee. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. Give me a Brave. Um, Yeah. These are things I'll have to consider. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'd say slight loss maybe goes down around. I'd say third round is probably where I'd look at him now. But, uh, you know, once that main event, mad, mad rush for starting pitchers and the, the inflation goes for that, the, the, the starting pitcher helium kicks in, maybe I'll answer differently there. Yeah, he could be like a late second where you just, you don't, in a, the main event where you don't want to leave him to the third in case you lose him on the turn. So mm-hmm. you take him late second and leave the hitter that you were going to take until the third round. So I'm more even thinking just to where I would order them among the pitchers that we've talked about so far. So I think I would leave him behind um, Cole Burns and I'm going to keep him behind Woodruff for now. Yep, for sure. Uh, Lucas Giolito, easy bust. Uh, Yeah, big bust. What went wrong there? What did we miss? I'm not, I haven't, again, I haven't, obviously haven't started diving into my off season research, but um so and I and I don't proclaim to be the world's best pitching guru, you know, Sarah style or something like that. Um, but like his walk rate went back up this year. Strikeout rate stayed uh, got it went down a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. We're gonna have to deep dive into this uh, in the off season. Home runs are still a problem. Yep. Yeah, he he had never had like a great ERA season. Like he had three solid ERA seasons in a row, right around three point five. He had never had a great one. Um, yeah. It's just a five. I can't believe he's sitting at a five ERA with yeah. a couple of days. And a one, four, seven whip too, for that matter too. So it's not like he's been a, yeah. a couple of bad outings got unlucky in terms of earned runs that blew up yeah. his ERA. He's earned that ERA. Yeah. He had a 371 ERA in September, which is obviously like it's a little better, but the other numbers don't really look like his walk rate in September his strikeout rate in September. They're pretty much the same as the other months. So, and he was basically a five inning pitcher still, even with a better ERA in September, five starts, 26 and two thirds innings, zero wins. I know the Mm -hmm. wins are fickle, but, but for him, like he's, he's basically like a five and a third, five and two thirds in September. Yeah. So yeah, he's down to the point where next year I'd say you're drafting him. I don't know if someone wants to get optimistic and draft him as I think someone will get optimistic, maybe and draft him as a number two. He's probably more of a number should be more of a number three. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Julio Urias is next. Clear win. Uh, 
not not that we're drafting to estimate wins, but he had 17 of them. Pitches one more time, might get one more. Uh, you know, you're not getting the strikeouts of some of the other guys, but 212 and 0.959 and 170 innings, that'll play. Yeah, I mean, if there's a some strikes against him other other than the strikeout rate, uh, he's a 366 FIP. So, like, that's a better run and a half gap between his ERA and his FIPs. Sure, we've seen that was a knock on Walker Bueller, for example, going into draft season this year, is that he had been having big gaps between his ERA and FIP, and people were questioning whether therefore he could maintain that ERA. Um, the Dodgers have just been so good with pitchers that I feel pretty comfortable investing in him this year uh, or next year. Uh, one thing I, that crossed my mind, and again, this is the kind of thing I'm going to look into in the offseason, and I don't have an answer to this right now, but we have a lot of Dodgers pitchers who have really low whips, really low BABIP against. He's one of them. Tyler Anderson is another one. Um, Gonsolin. Gonsolin, exactly. So what's changing defensively next year? We've got yeah, a ban on true. shifts. That's true. We've got a ban on shifts. Is it possible that the Dodgers have maximized better than any other team their ability to line up their defense with the free reign they've had this season? Um, and that that will be limited next season and that they won't be able, they, they can still line up as intelligent, more intelligently than other teams, but the parameters are going to, so I just wonder if the ban on shifts could hurt Dodgers pitchers. Cause I don't think of the Dodgers as having this incredibly athletic defensive group. Like I think they have a solid defensive group. I don't, I don't know. I don't think of them as having though, like, you know, five gold glovers in, in the field, right. but they've managed this year. I mean, it's so many pitchers that you can't ignore the fact that so many of these pitchers have BABIPs of like 250 and under. And, right. and a FIP that's way higher than their, like a good run higher than their ERA. I just pulled up Andrew Heaney, who started, you know, 14 games for Dodgers this year. His FIPs is a full run higher than his ERA. BABIPs 284, not super low, but lower in his career mark. I don't know. I just wonder, could the Dodgers be more influenced by the ban on shifts than other teams? Yeah, that's a good question. Something for me to think about going draft. Really good my, food for thought. Yeah, my gut reaction on Julio Reyes is, oh, I'm drafting him in the top. I'm going to put him in my top 10 starters for sure because the ratios are so good. The Dodgers are so good. The win potential is so good. But I, I do want to think twice about that and just make sure because the strikeout rate's not really high. So we need the, to draft him as a top, like say in round three again, or even round, he could, I think he could get into round two. Oh, I think he will be in round two. I think. Right. So I think I take him ahead of Scherzer next year. Did Old my call. Dodgers comment give you any food for thought that you wouldn't or no? It affects everybody that way. I think they still pitch in a good ballpark on a, for a great team. Those things still right. apply. Yeah. Yeah. Arias isn't a big strikeout per inning guy, but he logged a lot more innings than Scherzer this year and their strikeout totals, which is what all that matters for fantasy really are pretty mm -hmm. similar. I guess Scherzer's is a little better because there would have been some weeks you had to use Arias every week to get those strikeouts. Scherzer, I guess you, there's a few weeks, several weeks where you could have used someone else. So I guess True. from his pitching slot, you could have had 200 strikeouts this year. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's I don't right. know. I might take Scherzer. I, th I think about that one. I might take Scherzer. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely food for thought. Yeah. Shane Bieber was the next starting pitcher taken. Very interesting case. He's not striking out guys. But at the end of the day, actually, he is now. I mean, 198 Ks and 200 yep. innings. More strikeouts than Urias. Yep. Good team. Good defense behind him. Good bullpen behind him. Mm -hmm. Proved to be more durable than expected. This is, first of all, this was a win if you drafted him. And yep. he, he probably goes in this range. 
Yeah, minus a bit of strikeout rate, he's kind of gone back to being what he was before he had the shortened season like breakout. Yeah. Right. Like like 2019, the strikeout rate was a little better. But other than that, he was like he, that season, he's 3.28 ERA, 105 whip, um, but a lot of innings. That's what he was going into the shortened season. He was like a workhorse who was good, not amazing, but definitely really good. And then yeah. the shortened season, he took it to another level. Last year, he was hurt. This year, I felt like things kind of normalized where maybe we found like a good spot for him where like, he's really good. He's an ace. He's a top yeah. 10 starting pitcher. Like he's not, he's not a first round guy, but he's a, he's a round two, round three type guy. And the guardians have been doing it. There are another organization that's been doing a great job with pitchers. Absolutely. Yeah. And by the way, folks, for those who joined us late, we're going through an order of ADP in the 2022 main events. We'll hit up some of the top earn earners that weren't in that grouping uh, next and all that. This has kind of become pitching centric. I hope that's okay. But uh, I kind of hijacked uh, your topic here, but uh, <laughs> that's okay. Aaron Nola, uh, another guy. I mean, you're, you're fine with what you got from Aaron Nola. Once again, you'd like to have a couple more wins, but you got 235 strikeouts. Yeah, only 11 yeah. wins, uh, 325 ERA, sub one whip again. You know, you know the, the whip is so nice when you have that going for you. I mean, that's yep. so huge. Yeah, and he's someone who's the opposite of what we were just talking about with the Dodgers, where his FIPS about – 0.6 of a run lower than his ERA. Now that's right. a bit of a trend for him. His career FIP is about is 32 points lower than his ERA. His FIP last year was a massive gap between that and his ERA. So he's not someone where you can necessarily just look at the FIP and say, oh, the ERA is going to come down because that doesn't always seem to happen with him. Uh, mm-hmm. But he's really good. Like this is this is where I think pitching plans start to come into effect. Where we've talked about a lot of pitchers now, and most of them we're pretty happy with, and most of them now again Nola for next season. We just we just draft him in round two, maybe. The like, two three, he's another two three turn another type two, of three guy. Turn type guy, but then some of these two three turn type guys have to get pushed into the middle around two, because the guy in the middle around two can't just let all these guys go in the two three turn. Right, so right. some of these guys, it's going to maybe personal preference whether you want to take Scherzer, Woodruff, Nola, Arias, but some of these guys are going to go in the middle around two. Right, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. By the way, Nola's range was pretty wide for you know. The main event, you know, pretty hardcore contest. You would think it'd be a little yeah. bit more uh, between range, a range of 23 to 51 with him. Whoever got him at pick 51 is just really like high-fiving himself right now. Or yeah, his, his strikeout consistency has been remarkable. Like we're talking the last, so the last four full seasons, he has over 220 strikeouts. And in the shortened season, he had 96 mm-hmm. in 12 starts. Like his strikeout consistency, the fact that you could seem to be able to bank on this guy for 30 starts, 220 strikeouts and a low whip that's really good and then we can just play with the ra if things go his way some year it's a three if they don't it's a three seven or something like that's yeah he's been really consistent next starting pitcher is his teammate zach wheeler uh 153 innings 26 starts he spent you know he started the year on the il um and had another stretch there but 163 Ks and 153 innings, 282, 103.9. Eh, you know, I, I I think you would have hoped for a little bit more innings, but you didn't lose by drafting Zach Wheeler there. You may not have, might not have been a clear winner, but at worst, I think this is holding serve. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think he's another guy who's held serve. Like you said, you wish you got a few more starts, a few more innings, but everything looks good. Like, and if you want to go ahead and project him for 30 starts next year, I think that's fair. Like the year before, like 2021, he had 32, 
shortened season 11, which is, is normal. The year before that, 31. The year before that, 29. If you want to project him for 30 next year and therefore like 180 innings and therefore like 190 to 200 strikeouts, this is another. This is three years in a row of really good ratios from him. Three years in a row with an ERA below three. Two mm-hmm. years in a row with a WHIP below one point zero five. I think he's a round three pick next year. What do you think? Yeah, or is he another two three turn? Uh, probably. Or, yeah, I think probably he's in this round three because of guys. the innings. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, we're gonna get some other names here though too. Sandy Alcantara. Okay, clear win. Uh, yeah. The only question is, can he keep up that sort of volume? I mean, he's thrown. 28 more innings than anybody else, as far as I can tell. Uh, it's, it's a quick reading of that. Uh, no, 23 innings more. Nola threw 205. Michael is 202. But Alcantara, who's not going to make his last start, but could have if they had anything to play for, still went 228 and two-thirds innings. The question is, can he hold up? What's his durability going to be like? That might be the only thing that drags him down because he's not – He's not going to be the high volume, high amount of Ks, high K, K percentage guys. Some of these other guys. No, he's just good though. Um, you still got there by volume. I know sometimes you worry about accumulators, but I, I don't really worry about that with Sandy. No, it's an interesting. The interesting thing with Sandy is um, usually we like to see more innings from the pitchers, right? So these pitchers we've been talking about so far, like we kind of downgraded Scherzer a little bit because we're worried about the innings and the injuries. Right. Al Alcantara, like we should be upgrading him because he's given us more innings. However, you do hit a point in the innings where now I feel like we start to get suspicious and right. say, well, is this, are these innings going to, are they too many? Are they going to hold him back next season in a future season where he's going to get hurt because he's been overworked, but, right. but maybe that's us overthinking a pretty simple situation where this guy's a workhorse. Like you said, the strikeout rate is low, but the strikeout total is excellent. I don't care that we don't really care the rate as long as he gets the 200. Exactly. That we're looking exactly. for. So I think he, I think he's, he's right there with any of the pitchers that we've talked about. I think he belongs what we're seeing here. I feel like, and again, like they might separate when I actually project them out, but we're seeing this massive group of pitchers. I haven't been counting along. I'll tally them up at the end, but we're seeing this massive group of pitchers. We're, we feel good about all of them as our ace, which makes you kind of not want to take Cole and Burns in the first round. If you can get some of these guys in the second and maybe even a few in the third. I tend to agree with that, but, but know, if I also we all t- do that. Then it's <laughs> it's going to yeah. create another set so of problems. I have been tallying so far. So four clear wins, four hold serves, and you could make a couple of those hold serves wins if you want. That's the, there's eight that you're very comfortable with. Ninth with Mad Max is the slight loss. Only three busts so far. Well, two busts so far. I've, yeah. I wrote down the third before I brought his name up. It's the next pitcher. Yeah, that's Freddie Peralta. Yeah, and I was going to say, so far we've named nine. We've named nine pitchers who were very, very comfortable with, like, excited to make your ace. Yeah. So Freddie Peralta, seventy-eight innings this year. Tough year. Tough look. Yeah. Yeah, and injuries throughout the summer. I think that's got to downgrade him next year. Like, just concerns about injuries next year. I think we've got mm-hmm. to look at him. He still pitched pretty well. He still actually still pitched pretty much the same. Maybe not the strikeout rate was down. But his FIP's about the same. The whip's about the same. Uh, he's, he's a good pitcher. I think, though, the innings concerns are significant enough that he's uh, low-end number two, high-end number three. Would you rather have him or Giolito next year? God, you're putting me to the tough choice. Because it's a total separate argument, right? You're either betting on Giolito to bounce back or Peralta to stay healthy. You don't need Peralta to bounce back. You just need him to stay healthy. I think I'll take Peralta. 
It's a shoulder, though, is the only thing. Oh, yeah, like. you're right. I'll take someone else. Give me Jordan. Yeah, I was going to say probably Jordan, neither. Three. Probably, That's a cop out. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. But then again, I mean, there, there's a price for everyone there. Yeah. Um, all right, only a couple more starter. Uh, one more starter left, actually, uh, and that's Robbie Ray. He was the the last qualifying starter for at least our, our purposes here. You know, he's kind of uh, all over the map. Robbie Ray stats, 189 uh, innings pitched, 12 wins, 212 Ks. Okay. 371 ERA, 119 whip. Now, we've talked about this before. Whip, I, I for my guy to be an ace, I have to crush it in whip because it's hard to catch up on that otherwise. Like, that's why I don't often, like, in, in previous years, I've stayed away from Luis Castillo because I don't really want that guy that walks a bunch of guys. Now, Castillo out, outperformed his career norms in terms of that. Uh, although he, there's other things that, that held him back. But I, I do worry a slight amount. I think maybe he's more end of the third round, which is about where he was going, or maybe fourth round for me. I, I think I wouldn't want him in, over Urias, Bieber, Nola, uh, Wheeler, I take Wheeler over Robbie Ray. What do you think about that? Oh, 100% me too. I don't really want him as my ace unless I'm doing like a double tap of like, unless I'm going, I think I'm thinking more round four. Like, unless I've, I've got a like a, like I'm going to start with three hitters, which I think is possible next year. And then I was going to, if, if Ray was a fourth round guy and I could go Ray and then maybe someone who's a little less strikeout dependent but a little better ratios in my opinion so ray like looking back on his season he was all over the place like he had in august his era is 164 he had in in may it's 534 in july it's 540 like overall overall he's actually a little at least just in era he was worse in the second half than the first half although Mm -hmm. he's all in both halves he was all over the map if it wasn't if if whip wasn't such a consistent concern of rays over his career like right. really, we had one season where it wasn't. Um, he's a really safe source of 200 strikeouts, and he'll get his share of wins. But I don't like him as my ace. Like I said, so far we've had nine pitchers that I felt really good about as my ace. I am not putting Ray in the mix. I think he comes more around SP 15 in my rankings next year. And it, like I said, it's more like if I didn't, if I waited and I want to double tap him and someone else and make him kind of my ace slash number two. I think that's really fair. I, I, I think that's a pretty fair consideration there. Um, we're going to talk about some of the other top performers, but before we do that, quick note from our sponsors on the Blue Wire Network. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. All of our uh, podcasts are sponsored on the Blue Wire Network. We thank them for their uh, hosting. Uh, let's take a, cup, a quick look at uh, top per, other top performers, whether they be top three round pick for us next year. Top on the list. We haven't even mentioned him yet. Justin Verlander. Yeah, so I think I think he's a second rounder next year. Um, I I don't care. I don't care. I wouldn't say I don't care how old he is because the fact that I say he's a second rounder next year is only based on how old he is. Otherwise, I'd have to put him in the first round, right? I'm putting him in the first round. I'll say it now. Does the strikeout rate bother you this year along? So we're like, we're done with the 250, 300 strikeout, obviously Justin Verlander, like he only has 175 strikeouts next year. So can you reasonably project someone who's going to be 40 next year on opening day? Can you project him to get more strikeouts than he got the previous year? I would say no. No with an asterisk. Um, Like how many strikeouts can you project? Verlander for let's say he, he only threw 170 innings what if he throws 185 190 next year do you think that's likely like that he throws more innings because they didn't really hold put the reins much on him this year a little they bit. did a little bit a little bit only 27 starts um compared to other elite starters I mean they they went six-man rotation for a while I don't think they do that next year maybe I don't know maybe they do who knows uh I, so it's I a valid like- question Without having, again, without having run my numbers, I feel like if I project it, let's say I feel good about him as a pitcher. So I project him to have like a, like a 250 ERA. Like, I don't think I can project a 180 again, but a 250 ERA, which is what his FIP is this year. And what is a lot of his recent ERAs were before his injuries. And, mm-hmm. and then I give him like a whip of like 0.9, which is like incredible for a starting pitcher. That's all amazing. But I feel like if I project him for another you know, 170 innings, 170 strikeouts, and like that. I feel like that's going to hold him back when I start throwing 225 strikeouts on Aaron Nola's projection. So if I've got him 50 strikeouts behind some guys, I feel like that's going to throw hold him back. And that's where I'm going to end up, I think, with him in round two. And then maybe I just won't end up with him. I think it's a question of, you know, how we weight our standing gains points. Um, yep. I've been pri- how we prioritize. Like, I would rather have, 
the safe ratios than the higher K ceiling. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yep. I, I get it. Yep, for sure. You'd rather work on your strikeouts throughout the season. Right. And 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 in the draft the for that matter too. Yeah, for sure. If I've got yep. a couple of bedrock ratio guys, and that's why I think I'm also in on Urias again next year too. Uh, because I feel like even though I may not get the K's, I, I feel like I have a little more security there in the ratio. So, yeah, I, I, I understand that. And I definitely said with Robbie Ray, like, I don't want to go in the other direction. Like, I don't want to sure. get an ace with ter- who I think might have bad ratios just to get his 220 strikeouts. So um, I guess I'm trying to, like, sit in the middle with Wheeler, Nola, Bieber, Alcantara, where I get the 200 strikeouts. And the good ratios, maybe not quite Verlander's ratios, but you're right. There's totally a way to draft Verlander and build a staff. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if I'm going to take my first round pick and use it on a 40 year old pitcher. I think I'm just going to have him in the second round. What if you're sitting at pick 20 and he's still there? You've gotten one hitter. Well, I guess the decision is more like, am I if I'm sitting at pick 20 and he's there, but so is Woodruff and so is Nola and so is Alcantara, am I taking Verlander? I'm going to say I'm not. Okay. That's fair. That's, that's, that's fair. the dilemma. I think it's more that it's where that's what it's going to come out to. I think, I think these pitchers are going to be in bunches and it's where you order them. Because if you have Verlander at the top of the bunch, you'll take, you'll have them all the time. If you have Shane McClanahan, who we haven't talked about yet in the top of the bunch, you're going to take him all the time. Yeah. I, I'm all going to go, I think in rapid succession. They might, they very well might. Yeah. Uh, how likely are you to take a starting pitcher in the first round? Based on this conversation, not very likely, I think. Um, okay. And, and I'm for often, what it's worth, your column is consistent with that. Your top 12 yeah. players are all hitters. So that was my – so and I, I, I want to say, too, that like I'm someone who often does take a starting pitcher in the first round. Like I, I did that in several leagues this year. I'm not afraid to do that. I've been doing it over the years. Um, however, I just feel like this starting pitcher group is suited – for maybe just trying to get one of the guys, or maybe if you want to get two, that's fine, but trying to, to, but I don't feel like you have to go out and grab one of the guys we've talked about because we're having trouble like separating them. Yeah. Like now, we're the hitting environment is going to be different next year. It, it is. Might be a, and that might force us to try to find the true elite starters a little bit more uh, because some of these guys that are, are maybe more prone to maybe, uh, Maybe I'm barking up the wrong tree by saying that I'm going for stable uh, ratio guys instead of K guys because the K guys might do better with the yep. with the ban on sh- extreme shifts. Absolutely, yeah, ban ban on extreme shifts and and the um, extra stolen bases means maybe you're better off being a K guy who with a low whip who just doesn't. I mean, Verlander doesn't like guys on base, so I guess that plays well for him, right? We could have a problem. These guys like Robbie Ray who give up a lot of base runners they're going to be more prone to giving up more steals. I know there's way more to it. Their pickoff move, et cetera. But, mm-hmm. but, but obviously the more base runners you have next year, the more you're going to have to deal with the running game. Yeah. With Although I hear, you know, that's true, but the real stud pitchers, you know, you can run against them. Always have been yep. able to. Yeah. People ran against Nolan Ryan all the time. People ran against Maddox all the time. Didn't matter. You know. No, that's true. That's true for sure. So it must have mattered a little bit. Like it must, it must have influenced how many runs they gave up. Like like some of those guys must have. It must have been. They would have been better if they could hold runners at first. I have to think. Like, but maybe, maybe, maybe not. Maybe they're, they're just still like, awesome though. I get that. Yeah, but maybe it's so. like if you 
are unconcerned about runners as much that you just mm -hmm. get the batters out. Maybe that's, mm -hmm. that's the way to look at it. I don't know. Yeah. Spitballing here. All right. Next, uh, this is the, you know, Sandy was the number two earner according to our earned auction values. Number three, Alec Manoa. Heck of a bargain this year. Uh, you know, wins and see, wins are going to play a disproportionate role in it. He has 16 wins. So every yeah. win is sacred when you're talking about like any value estimators so far. Uh, but still, 224 ERA, 0.992 whip, 180 Ks. Frankly, I, I I always think of him as a bigger strikeout guy than he is. Yeah, he's not. He's a big guy, but he's not a big right. strikeout guy. Right. He, he's actually like, yeah, like a little more of a balls in play, you know, work quickly. Yeah, pile up the innings. Like if, if the Jays didn't scratch his last start uh, for obvious reasons this week, like he would have been over 200 innings. He's a 200 inning guy on a team that's has that scores a lot of runs. So I think he can be projected for a pretty decent uh, win total again next year. He's yeah, he, he's actually when you look at him, he's one spot in the in the average auction value. He's just one spot ahead of Arias and their numbers are really similar. Manoa just has a few more innings and therefore a few more strikeouts, but similar ERA, similar whip. Yep. They're actually they're the right like log a lot of innings on a good team, get a lot of wins. So they've been pretty similar. So is he an ace next year? I think he is. Are you going to draft him in the first 3 rounds? Yeah, I think he does. I think he goes in the third round. I think the strikeout rate keeps him out of the second round, but yeah, unless we decide that major regression is coming to the ratios, and I don't want to be swayed by watching the Blue Jays play. I know his FIP is a full run higher than his ERA, but that's okay. Like even if he had his FIP a three twenty eight ERA, that's still really good um, with a WHIP around one. Um, and he's been really like. He's got an ERA FIP gap this year, but he had one last year in his debut season too. And, he, yeah. and his BABIP was low this year, but it was the same last year. And, and the Jays aren't someone where everyone has a low BABIP because, for example, Kevin Gosman has a really high BABIP. And so yeah. does Brio. And so does Brio. So it's not like all, it's not like the Blue Jays, like I was talking about the Dodgers. It's not like the Jays have something figured out that they're going to not be able to do next year. Like this is, seems to be more of a Manoa thing than a Blue Jays thing. So I, I think I do like him as a third round pick. And like a like a like a lower end ace, so I maybe have ranked around twelfth or something like that. All right, very good. Yeah, a couple more pitchers. You Darvish, you know, struggled last year a little bit to a certain extent. Uh, this year, his ratios are locked in. He's only walked. A, he's got a four point eight percent walk rate this year. Uh, he's cut down on his home runs. He's getting wins, obviously. A uh, couple of things though that kind of scare me about him is uh, K percentage has dropped from uh, two years ago is 31.3. Now, granted that was the funny season 2020, but last year, 29.2 this year, 25.6 swing strike rate has gone from 14.7 to 12.2 to 11.7. It's getting a little less swing and miss now. Mm -hmm. uh, oddly enough, fastball velocity is actually up a tick from over last year. He's 95 average fastball over compared to 94 and a half last year. Yeah. I feel like, I don't, I'm not going to say I like this better version of you Darvish better because the strikeout rate's lower, but mm -hmm. what he's doing seems pretty sustainable. Like he's yeah. not like the walk rate is like you said, like the walk rate's terrific. He's not, it's not something where he's dependent on a super high strikeout rate. Um, I, I've been kind of like you Darvish has had enough ups and downs in his career. Like he had the eight start season in 2018. And then he had the stretch last year where he was unplayable that I've become very wary of him. I think in the off season, I'm going to try to work on that on myself because I think he does belong in the ACE tier next year as a third roundish type pick. What do you think about that? I think so. I would take him over Robbie Ray. Yeah. I would same. take him over Wheeler. I think. 
when you fact when you factor in ballpark. Yeah, that's that's a good one. That's so yeah, I'm gonna put those guys probably Manoa probably in the same yeah the same group of guys I like in the third in the third round. All right, I'm gonna give you 30 seconds on each of the next pitchers. Go ahead. All right, Dylan Cease. Third round because he walks too many guys. If he could stop walking so many guys, I'd take him in the second round. Zach Gallen. Oh, so good in the second half. I wish the Diamondbacks were better. Um, strikeout rate's not amazing, but I think he's a third rounder too. What's the whole third round's going to be pitchers? And the whole second round. We're going to end up with more than 13 p- starting pitchers in the first three rounds at this point. We are. Yep. Uh, Carlos Rodon. Can't quite get over my injury concerns, although I need to probably. I'm going to push him to round four, but I wonder if when I sit down and start doing the projections, the strikeout rate's just so good that he ends up in round three for me, even if I dock him innings and put him more at like 160 than the 170, 83 this year. And we have to figure out where he's going to be again. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Although it's not like being in San Fran was amazing for everybody this year. Like he no. did great. He did great. But some other guys did really poorly in San with, with the giants this year. Yeah. There's special or sauce seemed to wear off a little bit. There. Yeah. A little bit. I mean, Logan Webb was good. I guess Alex Cobb came around. Alex would never got it going really. He was okay. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, every, like I said, it's just, this wasn't like one of these giants magic years. Like we see some years where it just seems like everything clicks for the giants. This, that You're pretty happy with what you got from Webb, by the way, too. hundred percent. Yes, definitely. Shane McClanahan. Does this finish scare you a little bit? Uh, a little bit, but he was so good this year that I, I think, and the Rays are such a good pitching organization. I guess the injury concern, if I can shake the injury concern then I think he's a second rounder. Yeah. But I probably can't totally. So now he's a third rounder. I, I thought a month ago or whatever it was, six weeks ago, I thought he was a second rounder. No problem. Maybe even knocking on the door to be a first rounder. Right. 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 Like like a, a few weeks ago, he looked like someone who's going to get like 230, 240 strikeouts and have some of the best ratios and win the Cy Young Award. Yeah. Extreme velocity guy. Sometimes those guys worry me a little bit more about the injury. Yeah. Uh, I, I love him, but yeah, yeah. I'm a little scared. I'm yep. not gonna lie. I'm a yep. little scared. Yep. Uh, we'll see as my as I start actually being getting put to the test. He'll he'll be a tough one for me to uh, yep. decide on there. Yeah, Max Freed. So he's kind of like I felt like a fifth rounder this year who had another good year. So I'm gonna say that he pushes his way into like the late fourth or or like four or five turn. I felt like he was more like a late fifth in some of my drafts this year. I'm gonna say next year he pushes up. Maybe not a full round, but close to a full round. The strikeout rate just limits him. Okay. But the fact he's on the Braves is nice because the Braves are good and they they handle him well and they win. Yeah, that's true. I'm going to give you a couple more pitchers and we'll focus on uh, quickly on the first round hitters. We should have sure. we could have done a couple more of these podcasts actually, as it turns out. Who knew? <laughs> yeah. Shockingly enough, uh, Tony yeah. Gonsolin. I'm just not in 130 innings this year. Right. I like I I get it like like I'll take him as a number I think I'm going to be conservative with the innings total and because that he's going to probably fall in like the two two slash number two slash three for me he's the guy you could pair with Robbie Ray by the way sure want to go in that direction that feels risky to me but like they both have their individual skill sets that are completely opposite of one another so what does that translate into like overall like 75th overall Five six yeah. turn, so that's so, that fifteen so team. Five six turn. Yep, I'd say so. Like around behind Max Fried, maybe a little more than that for me. Maybe sixth round. Yeah, like firmly sixth round. Yeah. Here's a name you might not realize belongs in this conversation, at least in terms of what mm-hmm. he earned you this year, Tristan McKenzie. 
Mm-hmm. So Tristan McKenzie, like I've always found his profile intriguing because he's one of those high fly ball guy, high fly ball rate guys who, you know, he's going to give up his homers, but the high fly ball rate means his whip is going to be low, right? That's that's yeah. Justin Ver- that's Justin Verlander. Like he's a worst version of Justin Verlander. In fact, right now he's not even that much of a worse version of Justin Verlander because their strikeout rates are pretty much the same, but Justin Verlander in his prime, Tristan McKenzie can't touch that, but he's that high fly ball rate, right? He keeps the whip down. ERA is a little higher comparatively than the whip, but it all averages out to a pretty good pitcher. He's on a good team. I think he's a number, like a number two, three, like I would take what I take him or Tony Gonsolin next year. I'll take McKenzie. I, I can buy that. Yeah. Nasty Ness or Cortez? I'll take McKenzie over Cortez. I'll take Cortez over Gonsolin. So I guess I got Cortez as like a, a fifth, sixth type, sixth rounder. Got a lot yeah. of lot of early round pitchers as we're talking about them. I guess we're yeah. covering them all, but still. I feel For like sure. we talked about a lot of names. Yeah, we are. Yeah. We are. Uh, one that didn't rank there this year, but obviously always ranks there is Jacob DeGrom. What are you going to do with DeGrom next year? Yeah, so DeGrom, well, I don't know. This book this year isn't even written with him. If I was drafting early last year, next year, like in our labor draft, I'm going to be pretty conservative. And I'll uh-huh. take all those. I think I'd take most of those top 10 pitchers ahead of him because we haven't even started spring training. If we get to right before opening day and I'm doing like a main event or a super or something like that and DeGrom's healthy then and, and ready to start on opening day, then I think I need to push him up to round late round one early round two do you think that's crazy it's if you want to get him you're gonna have to in fact yeah if as long as he doesn't show anything negative in spring training yeah he's gonna be a first rounder again i'm almost certain of that you think he'll be a first rounder in our labor draft in february no because it's two reasons one it's february to the particular pool of, of drafters right we're less averse as a group to drafting pitchers in the first round we used to be, uh, but we're still not the NFBC. Yeah. I, I will say with DeGrom, the, like the old fantasy adage, like nobody remembers who came in fourth. Um, it, now that's a, like, if you're putting your money on the line or say in labor, your reputation on the line, like if someone wants to go out and just take DeGrom next year, if he's looking like he's going to be healthy and just says, you know what, if this guy hits for 180 innings, he is mm-hmm. going to be the best fantasy pitcher. I'm pretty confident in that. And, you know, I'm all in. He's going to get, if he, if he could pitch 180 innings next year, he's going to get 250 strikeouts and great ratios. And I can win my league. And if he, if he craps out and it doesn't work out and I end up finishing eighth because I have no ace, then that's okay. So I could see some people taking that approach to it. Right. Could you see that in the big contest? Yeah, I could. For I sure. could. People to and- saying, I'm going to take DeGrom in a, in a big, like a road, like the Rotowire online championship. I'm going to take DeGrom because he could lead my team to some serious winnings. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Then I'm out yeah. of the entry fee. Yeah. And the main event, that's, that's a good chunk yep. of cheese. I don't know. Yes. I mean, uh, I, I, I like that there's a cost attached to it there. I was looking back at our draft, by the way, our labor draft, only two pitchers went in the first round, uh, Cole yeah. and Burns. Yeah. Uh, it's just an exa- example. That I could see none. I could honestly see none next year. In that league, especially. Yeah. We'll talk about that in a second. But first, a quick note from our friends from So Rare. So Rare MLB is an NFT based free to play baseball game played with officially licensed Major League Baseball cards. Sign up today at slash MLB and you'll receive 13 common cards to start your collection. 
Build seven-player lineups from cards in your collection and play weekly competitions with scoring based on real-life player performance. Compete for rewards with other fans around the world. For more information on gameplay and to sign up, visit Sorare.com slash MLB. Be talking some Sorare in Thursday's podcast. Um, all right, so you did an article uh, looking already at the first round. You did 12 hitters to start on this article here. I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah, as we talked about, I think I think it's almost like the amount of effective starting pitchers available to me negates the value of each one of them where I'm comfortable waiting. So I'm going to go out and get a hitter right off the top. Um, how I Which hitter I want and how I divide them up, I think will depend on when I get into off-season projections and how much I think steals are going to go up and therefore what do I think the changing value of steals will be. Uh, but I think either way, I'd like to anchor my team with one and depending on the, in a 12 team, I may want to start my team with a couple hitters and feel pretty comfortable with what I can get for pitching in say rounds three and four. Okay. Yeah. We talked a lot of kind of 15 team, which is where my mind goes to, but in some of those 12 team leagues, I may be willing to, to, right. We talked like we named a lot of pitchers. I may be willing to take two or three hitters off the start and then, you know, double tap Absolutely. a couple of guys. Cease I might even Ray go four or, or five hitters to start. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. And then and then grab a few pitchers. It's different for me in the 15s. Yeah. So yeah. you're going to uh, go according to your article, you're going to go judge number one overall next year. Yeah. Big change for me because I downgraded him and, and mentioned that on the podcast this year. Cause I just didn't feel good about his chances of staying healthy. Right. Um, I also didn't want to draft guys who steal base, who don't steal any bases. And then he turned the tables on me on both right. and stayed healthy and started healthier than he's ever been before and started stealing bases. Yeah. So, and also hit 61 homers in the process. Not bad. Bet on himself. I I don't know how, do you see any real logic where you could not draft this guy? Like where you would take a different hitter first. I would take Trey Turner first. You would still take Trey Turner over judge. I would. would. Um, What is the rationale behind that? And I love Trey Turner, but when I did some, so I'll, I'll tell you before I did the article, I didn't change my denominators for SGPs based on the new stolen base environment. But when I do that, that should hurt Turner. So, I what if he goes this. nuts with that? So that's possible. If I'm going to, you're right. That's possible. It's not like he, other people are going to gain and he's going to stay static. No, that's He's going to benefit from it too. Will judge benefit too? I don't know if judge can benefit. I don't know if he can steal that many more than if they'll uh, let him steal that many more so than he did. The only thing is as much as the one thing I ding judge a little bit is he's going to be on a new contract, but so is Turner. So, um, yeah. Actually, that might not even be a good reason to ding him. So I, I like know. Turner. Obviously, I put him second. I just couldn't. I couldn't figure out I, when I projected them out, and I obviously docked Judge a lot. Like I put him back down to I don't know forty-five home runs or something like that. Um, I docked him RBIs. I docked him runs scored. Like I did. I did not project him to have like a similar season next year. Um, but if I left the steals total just decent, even at a dozen. Um, and the batting average high, maybe not 311, but maybe it's 290. He was 287 the year before. Anyways, he came out way ahead of Turner. It, it was like yeah. a little close, but not that close. Interesting. Yeah. So I'm interested when you start doing the numbers, if you still like Turner the best. And I love Trey Turner. I have him on a lot of teams this year. Yeah. So um, Turner only hit 20 homers this year, which is a bit of an issue for me. Right. Like, like 20 is okay. It's not, it's the second best career total. When I was projecting him again, I was like, how many homers can I give this guy? He hit 20 this year, which is okay, but it's not special. And it's the second. He does get dwarfed by judge. That's for sure. And lots of others. Yeah. Yeah, So, yeah. So when I have him like 25 homers behind judge, 
Yeah, I don't know. But then a bunch of steals ahead of him. Yeah, I, I, I guess I can see it. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I'm pretty comfortable. To, you know, and we'll see. I mean, we'll see about that there. And yeah, maybe, you know, keeping in mind that I don't have any judge this year. I was wrong. I mean, here's the thing. Here's the thing that ticked me off, though, is my projection was actually pretty good for judge. Yep. But my faith in following that projection and drafting him was not. Um, I like artificially downgraded him because I kept on like when we talk about battle testing our projections. Like Judge showed up as when I my first set of projections, he showed up as a first rounder. I'm like, oh no way, that's that doesn't pass the smell test. No way. Right. Oops. Guess it should have. Yeah. But should have left and it I, alone. Yeah, I'll also say in your defense, like his main event ADP is 44, so late third round. That is a point in the draft where it may not sometimes matter how how a player how much you like a player like you may be mm-hmm. looking at other things and For maybe sure. you were consistently looking we know closers were pushed up we know, like starting pitchers like maybe just often in that round if you had a late pick now i wouldn't have taken judge anyways so I, this is not an excuse for me, but I, because I know that how I had him projected mm-hmm. this year, but, but I actually didn't have a late round pick or it, like a late pick in any of my important leagues. So I just, I was never near the three, four turn. If I wanted someone like judge, I would have had to jump him several spots in his, his ADP. Yeah. So yeah. for early round picks, sometimes that happens too, where there's someone, we talked about that, the FOMO guys, Sandy Alcantara was one of mine. So I, I have no shares, but I liked him, but I never picked at the end of the third round. And that's where he often went. Number three pick in your uh, article uh, is Ronald Acuna. Yeah. And I feel like Acuna is a really interesting guy for next year because to me, more than Turner, he's the guy who can threaten judge because if you think his bat's going to come back around in the first full season back from the knee injury, like if you think he's going to go back to what he was pre knee injury next year with his bat, which I think is, is quite possible that he gets a full off season. Now the speed came back right? 28 steals and mm-hmm. in 118 games, like, like he, he's back to profiling as someone who next year could steal 35 or 40 bases. Um, if the bat comes back and his bat was prior to the injury, like really, really consistent, like a 900 something OPS guy. Right. Um, if that comes back with the steals, I think he's the guy who could really challenge judge. He was always among the league leaders and runs scored prior to his knee injury. You know, I, I don't know. I think he's someone who could challenge judge. He's just, it's do you believe the bat's going to come back? And but I kind of like why wouldn't it come back once he gets sure. a regular off season? Like he's only he's going to turn twenty five in December. Feels to me like someone whose bat's going to come back next year, and he's going to be a a thirty five thirty five guy. Tend to agree with you. I'm doing more reflecting, by the way, on our Judge Turner conversation. I, I might revisit uh, that that opinion. Of so mine. my Acuna Turner, I put Acuna behind Turner. Afterwards, I was kind of like, if I think Acuna's 35 homers, 35 steals next year, why don't I have him in front of Turner? I probably yeah. should. Because yeah. he, he'll also score more runs. He'll score a ton of runs. He always does. And he'll Batting average is a lot more risky. with Batting average is a little lower. 277 career, though. It's not bad. No. So yeah. I think I think I should probably have Acuna higher. I can see it. I can yeah. see it. Again, just, unless uh, someone takes the stance that his bats for some reason that the knee injury is going to permanently rob him of his hitting skills, but those hitting skills were pretty well established before the injury. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I have, I'm, I'm just re- looking at like the earned auction values and how much judge dwarfs everybody. He's $20 right. more valuable than any other hitter. Uh, right. Which is just amazing to me. All right. Next, uh, next batter, basically the same guy, same spot as last year, Jose Ramirez. 
Not yeah, I downed him. I downgraded him a little bit. I can see people pushing him up because they want a third baseman because third baseman still looks kind of crummy. Um, his steals went down this year. Um, I don't know if they're coming back up. Like they could come back up because it's easier to steal bases next year. But I'll say like his placement in the majors in stolen bases where he ranks in the majors. Like we may, this may be where he is. I don't know if I, I feel like I'm going to put him back up, but other sure. than that, everything seems really solid. Yeah. Honestly. Uh, I mean, I got 29 homers out of him and 20 stolen bases. I got what I expected. I, I mean, he's the fourth most valuable hitter this year and arguably third. Uh, tied with Pete Alonso, according to our earned auction values, too. Uh, once again, there. I so. did I did feel like I had a bit of a top four in my rankings. Like, I feel, yep. as, I feel like there's just a bit of a drop now coming up after him. Yeah. So, basically, setting your KDS, four seems like a pretty good spot then all of a sudden for you. Yeah, um, again, unless you decide that you really want Judge or you really want Acuna or something like that. But yeah, four mm-hmm. right now seems like a pretty comfortable spot where maybe I lose a little bit on talent in my mind going from, say, Trey Turner to Jose Ramirez, but the gaining of getting a third baseman out of the way in the first round instead of a shortstop, which is really deep, probably makes it worth it. Yeah, I'd say yeah. so. Yeah. So drop-off, you said here, and your number five is not the guy that's earned the number five spot so far this year. Uh but he's been good, and that's Kyle Tucker. Yeah, I still feel like we maybe haven't seen his best season. I, th- I think it's coming. Like I th- still think it's coming. He's a great power speed mix. He's someone who's better probably in fantasy that because of that power speed mix maybe than real baseball. Although I still, again, I still think he can. We haven't seen his career year, and we need the Astros to move this guy up in the lineup. Like he started to hit fifth a lot more often, but holy moly, I feel like Kyle Tucker should be in your top. It's costing him a lot. He only has 70 runs this year. Yes. So this is a little bit of me thinking that somehow next year he's in their top four, which I kind of thought this year, but he wasn't. But I think next year he will be. He had a low Babbitt this year. That'll hurt his run scored as well. I just think this is a guy with a really nice floor where this year he wasn't even that good. At the time I wrote the article, he has an 822 OPS, which is good, but not amazing. Um, it's just he's got the perfect skill set to just be really good in fantasy because he's gonna he's gonna be like a guy who he's he should be with the extra steals next year he should be a thirty thirty guy. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I, I, if someone wanted to have him more at the back end of their first round, I would get it. But as we go through these next few names, I don't know. And again, I did do some quick projections on all these guys for next year, and that's where he came out. Yeah. Yeah. I. You mentioned this with Turner, but I think it might apply to Tucker too. If if stolen bases are more abundant next year, yeah, his ability to run a little bit more than others is is not as valuable. Yep. Um, I would focus on the high average power guys more um, because I know I could get bags a little bit easier. Like his teammate Jordan Alvarez, I think I'd almost rather have Alvarez next year. I think that's possible. It depends on Alvarez was an interesting guy to rank just because the injuries held him back this year in the second half, like a massive dip, but, but then he came back in September. Uh, Mm -hmm. But injuries have been a thing with him prior to this year. So spoiler, I have him ninth. Um, I could see someone if they decide they really don't care about steals in the first round. Yeah. Moving him up. I think I, I think I might've mentioned in the article that uh, yeah, if, if there was no interest, if speed steals were not a factor at all, you could even go as high as ranking him second. For sure. Yeah. Um, we're going to go rapid fire here for the next few ones. I'm going to give you okay. just like the pitchers. You're getting 30 seconds per player here. Here we go. Freddie Freeman. Number six. I, I was surprised I had him this high, but he's super safe, especially in a, uh, an awesome Dodgers lineup. 
Um, again, if you, if you can not be quite as steals dependent in the early rounds next year, then I think he's just very appealing and first base is good now, but it's not that amazing. So I don't mind. I wouldn't care if I got a first baseman early. I think his 12 steals are doing a lot and of the work. Steals help too. Yeah. He's actually a little bit like judge light where he's been awesome this year and the steals are just a, a really nice bonus. Yeah. But, it, yeah. but it's come at the cost. Well, not directly. I mean, but he has yeah. hit for fewer homers this year. Yes. So the steals are doing a little bit more. I think the homers track back up a little bit, by the way, I kind of feel like after years of watching Freddie Freeman, that all these numbers with him just move around every year, but the overall result is always really good. Like some year he'll hit 30 homers, but maybe he doesn't hit 300, but then the next year he hits 30, 300. But then like, I just feel like the numbers move up and down a bit, but the results are usually really good. Super solid floor guy. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And now that he's on the Dodgers. I guess he was always solid on the Braves, but I feel like he's even more solid with with the Dodgers lineup and what next I expect guy, it to be. Yeah. Ne- next guy is tricky. Julio Rodriguez. Yeah, I was seven. Tough guy to rank because, like, at the be- in the middle of the year, we we were talking about him maybe going first or second next year. Yeah. Now I don't know. We've got to decide how he hit. He still hit well in the second half. I don't think there's any question that this guy's a really good hitter. He stopped stealing bases. That's the um, thing I'm worried about. Yeah, I am, but I'm not like, he's so young and he's so athletic that I just feel like I can't imagine him not stealing bases. I know, for example, someone like Mike Trout, who's really good, like eventually stopped stealing bases, but it took a while. Like he still stole bases. You know, I mean, he had the 49 in his first year and he never really went back there, but he was still like a 30 steal guy then the following year. So this is why Rodriguez isn't isn't quite as high on my list is I like I, I feel like I can project him for 25 or 30 steals, but I don't think I can go higher than that based on what happened in the second half. Yeah, I like seeing him come back and hit, by the way, last night three for sure. Four last night. Yes. Yeah. Arbitrary endpoints since June 1st, he has 11 stolen bases. So. 14 of his stolen bases came in the first two months of the season. Yeah. Uh, and I think at, you could probably after the all-star break would be even more stark of a realization that they, they kind of shut that shut down that running game because of his health. Uh, probably that probably, that probably won't be a long-term concern though. So I could see them kind of yeah. just letting him go again. Yeah. I mean, if I was that worried about the steals, I would have kept him off this list, but I, I think I'm confident enough that he's going to get, like I said, like 25 or 30 next year. I just don't yep. see him stopping running at this such a young age. Vlad Guerrero. Really debated Junior. him because he's been a bit disappointing this year. But I think he's one of those guys like Scott Pianowski talks about where even a not great season is still pretty good. Scott would say that about Mookie Betts all the time. Yeah. Um, even his down years are still really good. Like, so this was a down year of Vlad for, compared to last year. And it's 32 homers, 97 RBIs, 89 runs, eight steals. The steals are interesting too. I, a lot of people will just dismiss those. He started stealing bases as soon as they switched managers. I think we talked about that once on here. Yeah. So he's got. He's gonna have. The, he's gonna have the same manager next year who started letting him steal bases. So I feel confident that he'll steal some. Like again, not twenty, but maybe ten or twelve next year. That helped when I projected him out. Yeah. You get I, him at the back end of the first round. I think you'd be pretty happy. I think I again like if you got him at the back end of the first round, and you just get this season again. That's fine. And maybe yeah. you don't. Maybe you get something more like last season. Yeah. And their lineup will be really good again next year. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We mentioned Alvarez. So number yeah. 10, Bobby Witt. This is interesting because okay. I don't know if people are going to have this here. Yeah. That may be someone who people don't have until they start running the numbers. But I was shocked at how high he came out in my projections. But here's someone who's got 20 homers and 30 steals. Yeah. Um, the batting average is not high. 
But when you go back and look at the way his year started, mm-hmm. like he hit 216 with no home runs in April. Since then, like he's been much, much better. He's been a this year. He's been basically a consistent like four or five steals per month guy. I feel pretty confident that he'll get he'll be among the stolen base leaders again next year. I think sure. the power, the power is the decision. Do you think he can go to a 30 homer place next year? Yeah, I think if it might do, come at the expense of speed. It usually does. Right, right. You get bigger, you run a little less. But I think he's in that sweet spot those first couple of years of his career yeah. where he's going to be, yeah, it's kind of like uh, Cunha, same sort of thing. The Royals lineup, I guess, is the other concern. Mm-hmm. Um, just as a power speed guy, like, again, like Witt could be similar to Kyle Tucker. Yeah, he's going to get hurt on the counting stats a little bit because of that. For, for sure. sure. Although he did get to 80 in both this year. And... Again, that's with that awful April. If that April had been normal, maybe he gets in the high 80s in both. I know maybe next year you can convince yourself to project him to be in the 90s in both. That's pretty good. It's not amazing, but it's pretty good. In theory, that lineup's going to get better around him too. You have Melendez up. You have you. You obviously have Vinny P up. Perez will still be there. You know, presumably healthier than last year or this year, I should say. Yes, the Royals can't pitch at all but they are starting to maybe turn the corner a bit maybe maybe they're ready to turn the corner a bit offensively not top 10 or something but better yeah it's just yeah. it's it's the depth of this roster that's a concern it and is. the depth in this lineup a little bit yep. there yeah all right top five guy last year not tough uh not top five this upcoming year probably Juan Soto what do you do with Juan Soto yeah, that's a really tricky one. Obviously, in OBP leagues, he's way more valuable, but mm-hmm. um, we can't hide from the fact that uh, like everything's way down. Now his BABIP's way down, which is a, like a big part of his problem. But he was down with Washington. He's been down with San Diego. He's not a base dealer. I feel like thinking that he's going to be a base dealer now would be foolish. Maybe he still has one of those seasons in us where he surprises us with 15 steals. I feel like he talks about that in spring training, but it hasn't never happened. So yeah. I can project him for eight steals or something like that. I don't know. I, I think, okay, Juan Soto is clearly on the short list for most talented pure hitters in baseball. Yeah. Right? Like with Guerrero, with Alvarez, Judge. But from a fantasy perspective, we haven't seen a massive power season so far. We've seen 34 homers. But that was way back in Happy Fumball 2019. Um, we haven't seen anything like, we haven't seen anything that suggests that he can have a massive home run season. Yeah. His ground ball rates are always really high. Like, yeah. yes, he walks and he gets on base a lot. And I think San Diego could have a really cool top three with him, Tatis and Machado, once Tatis is back. But I just, I don't I don't know what I have to do to get him into my top five again. I feel like I'd have to project some things that have never happened. I could see it. I could see it. Yeah. I could, like, I, I can't argue with someone who wants to put him back in their top five and just say, this guy's so good. He's going to bounce back from next year, from last year. Have yeah, it, an OPS next year or something like that. I get it. I wouldn't, I have a hard time arguing it, but I think that, you know, I, I treat this season a lot like the Lindor season last year. Okay. A lot of contract drama. Yep. Is he yep, staying or sure. going? Uh, gets traded. You know, at least Lindor was off season, an off season trade, but still, sign, you know, I think what, you know, he still hasn't had the contract done. So this is something that's going to be hanging over him a little bit more, probably won't get done in the next year either for that matter. Cause you know, he's not a free agent after next year. So, uh, but, but I do kind of almost treat it like that a little bit that it's, yeah, it was year a weird two, year so for I, him for sure. 
Yeah. So I, when I started projecting him, I thought, so how many home runs can I project? He hit 20, 27 this year, 29 last year, 13 in the shortened season kind of works out to about a 30, 33 homer season, mm-hmm. 34 the year before that. San Diego is like not an amazing home run park or anything. Um, so I was like, okay, so let's say I project him for 33 homers. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I don't want to go way overboard, maybe about a seven or eight steals, a 300 average. Does that get you like, how high can I get you in your ranking in my rankings when that, if that's what I project, right? I can't, I can't get him that high. I hear you. Unless so. he starts running it, like he threatened to do so one year. Um, mm-hmm. He has six steals this year, but also hasn't, he hasn't been the same on base machine as he's been in, in previous years. Yeah. yeah. But you know, Presumably, he'll have Tatis around him in that lineup at some point, too. Mm-hmm. You'll have Tatis, Machado, Soto, yeah. the, the, the lineup they envisioned. Um, they could, he, he's a tricky case. I think he's, he's – I wouldn't say he's boom or bust because I don't think he's no, a straight-up bust. I don't think so. But yeah. he could be a huge boom at the end of the first round. I, I did compare him and Guerrero and because I think their stat lines for fantasy – have some similarities among all the guys in the list. And I thought, how do I get him in front of Guerrero? Like, am I projecting more home runs? Am I projecting a better batting average? Mm-hmm. I, I think the Padres lineup, like you just said, will be good, but I can't say I think it'll be better than the Blue Jays lineup next year. The Blue Jays yeah. lineup's longer. Um, steals, now that Vlad's stealing some bases, I feel like they're kind of the same. So I had, that was kind of where I ended up limited with Soto, as I thought I, I felt like I didn't feel comfortable pushing him. And then Guerrero this year was actually good for fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. Soto wasn't. So I was like, well, I think I got to leave him behind Vlad. I can see it. Yeah. I can see yeah. it. All right. A couple more guys I'm going to throw at you. Well, first of all, your last one, your list, Mookie mm-hmm. Betts, super floor guy. Mm-hmm. You could put him a little higher on that list. I wouldn't argue. Um, I think his September is going to scare some people away a little bit. Uh, and bat- batting average is definitely not a lock for him. But at the same time, I mean, he's so good. He's, he's so solid. Yeah, run scorer extraordinaire. And again, like no matter what happens with the Dodgers lineup, like some players coming in, some players going in, I think we all feel like they're going to have a really good lineup. Uh, yeah. I did debate. I did consider Bo Bichette for that spot because his hot streak at the end of the year has right. We talked a lot about of that. His, yeah, yeah. It's made a lot of his numbers look similar to last year. Now it's they're they're all like a little short, and then the steals are more of a drop off. But but mm-hmm. Bichette feels like pretty safe to get. 25 homers, 90 somethings in the RBIs and runs, maybe gets into a hundred. He always hits for a high average. He's already career 296. So I did look at him there, but I didn't Bichette. It bothers me a bit that Bichette's projection this year was so uneven. Like he had such a, he was just blah for so long and then had such a massive hot streak in September, 1134 OPS. He finished September with hit 403 in September. Every right. other month is like I say, is kind of just blah. So that bothered me. And that makes me think of Bichette as, as a second rounder. All right. I'm going to get you I'm gonna throw a few outliers your way and we'll, yeah. we'll close this up. Okay. Shohei, he's going to go in the top five. Like say, if you're in the NFPC, I bet you he goes in the top five, top 10 at worst. Oh, not to me. So is that, be, so you're saying because of his pitching value, I don't even, go- I mean, as a hitter alone, Fred, he went 34, 95, 11, and 90. Yeah. Just as a hitter. So would you rather have him so than in the NFC, Would you, you rather have him that than, choice? Would you so. rather have him than Guerrero? Like I where, might, where yeah. is he better than Guerrero? He's like, I don't know if he's better than Guerrero. I'd like rather have him steal a few more bags. Yeah. I, I think I'd yeah. I think I'd I'd have him over Alvarez. I think I'd have him. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think he's pretty close to top 10 for me. 
I'll have to, you know, I'm going to have to project that out. And it, that, that he's, he's impossible because you have to, you know, with the NFBC, it's like you choose every week. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that, that boosts his value, but it also uh, trying to do a preseason valuation of him based on those rules. I mean, it's a really plus, hard. but how Almost much a of a plus is it? Yes. Yes. And I did, I did think about with him, just like I did with Bobby Witt um, about the team context. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't feel good about the Angels lineup. I know Mike Trout's awesome when he's not hurt. Um, I don't know what Rendon's going to be next year. Taylor Ward, we'll see. He had a good start, a good finish, and a bad middle. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Luis Renjifo, I really like him as a player, but he's not like the kind of he's not the table setter for a great lineup. No, like he, he's something. He's he's a major leaguer. Like I get it, like a major league regular, but. I just, that was one of my other concerns with Otani. He kind of rose above that lineup to get in the 90s for runs and RBIs. But mm-hmm. you definitely, we, we can name, well, you might be about to do this, a few more names. There's some guys who definitely, like, if you pick late in the first round, you're going to have a lot of options next year. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Let me throw some at you here. We haven't talked about the second most valuable hitter and perhaps player in baseball this year, Paul Goldschmidt. I know. I just, so I can get a, I can get past his age. I can't get past the gaps on some of the, like I can't get past some of the underlying metrics, the 370 BABIP, the the gaps in all of his stat cast metrics between his actual stats and and what they project, like a WOBA and an ex-WOBA and, and a BA and an ex-BA. Like I can't get over all that and then combine that with his age mm-hmm. and then and then combine that with, you know, just the fact, yeah, I don't know. I just, I couldn't get over that to put him in the first round. And in fact, I don't even think I would put him in the second round. Is that crazy? You probably won't get him. I don't, I won't. Like if I'm even considering guys like Boba Shed ahead of him, then I won't get him. And Pete I, get Alonzo, him. I get there. Pete Alonzo, maybe the best pure power guy in the national league. Well, except for maybe Schwarber, but we'll see about that. But Pete Alonzo, I, I think we got a really high power floor with him. Even stole five bases this year. You're going to get a ton of RBI. I love him. I considered him for the list. I I would take him over Paul Goldschmidt. And that's it, probably in just an ageist. The fact that Goldschmidt's 35 next year, that's probably it for me. But Fair. I love Pete Alonzo. I think he's the, the, other than Judge, I guess, I think he's the most, I could even say he's the most locked in source of elite power in baseball because he does it every year. He's been in the majors four years every year he's among the home run leaders every year. He's except one, basically he's among the RBI leaders. The Mets lineup looks like it'll be good. They're spending money. He's kind of an, he is what he is guy. Okay. How about this comparison? Ryan Howard in his prime, as far as fantasy goes, mm-hmm. right? Like that. I feel like he's a little like and that. Alonzo is like, a better of a pure hitter, I think, but I, I could be wrong about that. Ryan Howard in his prime. He, he did have the 158 Homer season, but other than that, he was just like a consistent, like 45 Homer are right at the RBI leaders, but hit about 260 or 270 for a few yeah. years in a row. That's how, kind of how I, I like, and, and Ryan Howard was a first round pick during that time. Yeah. So true. I, I, I like Alonzo a lot. Wonder what, a, you know, I feel bad that Howard's career ended the way it did. Uh, that yeah. blowing out, his, blowing out his knee, basically uh, running on the baseline. He, he, he was, we were robbed of a couple of good years of him. And some, really, uh, and, some, and some bad seasons. Yeah. Some bad seasons late in his career that I felt like I felt bad for him. Yeah. Like watching same. those seasons. I was like, like, this is not like he's, he, unfortunately this is tarnishing his legacy. These like super low batting averages, super low on base percentages. Cause him and his prime, like I said, like he was for about four or five years in a row, four years, I guess it was, he was 
right there at the top of the RBI list, the top of the home run list, and with a solid batting average. Yeah. Yeah. What are you doing with Bryce Harper this year? Sec- I think second rounder and a really solid second rounder that I think you're totally fine with taking in the second round. Like, a, like I know that I, I always have the Bryce Harper injury concerns and those haven't gone away, but I, he's a really good player. Like every yeah. year, really good all around hitter, steals some bases, power's fine, is down a little bit this year. I know you got burned from him in elite and important league to you, but I, think I, I, you know, I, yeah, in the main event, I don't feel like I got burned by him. He got super unlucky. He got hit right. hit hit, a, hit by yeah. a pitch on the thumb. It right. wasn't performance based burn. It was no. injury burn. That's right. And I so like I said, like I feel I I actually did project him out when I was writing the article to see, you know, if if I thought he would make it. He didn't make the cut because I just I don't know. He's not special in any of those areas. The batting average isn't always super high, but mm-hmm. I think he's good. I think he's a really good second round pick. If yep. you want to start your team, right, with one of those first-round guys we just talked about, start your team with Kyle Tucker and him, and then get a couple of pitchers. That sounds good to me, for example. One more guy that was drafted in the first round this year, won't be next year, but how how far does he drop? Luis Robert. Oh. Robert, I guess it is now. Sorry. Yeah. Luis uh, wasn't on my roster this year. Um, Robert, I got lucky on that one. It wasn't because I didn't want him. I just... Didn't like you didn't have a late round like that. They didn't have a late pick. round pick. I had him a little bit lower than consensus, but not much. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, he's a so he's many a, missed games. Yes, and a seven forty six OPS. Like that's not good. I know, but it, but it's an injury plague season. Yeah, it casts some doubt into like how good he was. And again, just sixty eight games last year. I'm gonna yeah. say that he goes round. Four, five. Okay. What do you think? I'll get, I'll be there if it's round four or five. I think he goes earlier than that. I think when you're looking for power speed combos, he pushes at least into the third round. Uh, Okay. I think he pushes, yeah, third round. Uh, I think people, I think it'll be one of those that we're going to dream on him a little bit. A lot of this stuff was fluky stuff. There was illnesses. Yep, for sure. Yeah, I, 289 I think I'm batting him. average career. Like there is a potential there for a five category stud. If I, if I, so he's 924 career, career plate appearances, 36 homers, 26 steals. So if I, if I put that down to like a full season of work, he's probably so far in his career been about like a 27 homer, 20 steal type guy, 289 batting average. You're right. That's really good. Yeah. So, but the injuries concerns to me, I think are going to, I'm going to push him down another round. Also part of it when I was picking his round is I just thought about how many pitchers we talked about earlier in the article. Plus, even if closers are devalued a bit next year, a couple of them are going to sneak into round. Sure. Of course. So that's kind of where I felt like, like, can he go ahead of Eric after this type of season? Can he go ahead of Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola and guys like that? I don't know. It's a good question. Yeah. It's a good question. Um, Not ahead of Nola ahead of Wheeler. I will say. Okay. Yeah, so you've got him in that round. You've kind of got him more round three. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, only played 98 games, and he was compromised with that, had the wrist, and For yet sure. he still went 12-11. I mean, he's still – he 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 he's a player with flaws. Obviously, I'd like to see him strike out a little less. I'd like to see mm-hmm. him walk a little bit more. Uh, but I, 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 I'm willing to dream on him still. Uh, yep. Maybe I'll be burned on that. Because you know he hasn't put together that full healthy season yet, but I still think it's there. 
Yeah, he's only 25. He'll be 25 for most of the next season. Like, he's hitting an age where, with good health, he could really break out. Yeah. He's got enough major league experience now. Yeah, he, he could. Yeah. So, I might be that fool. We'll see. I, I definitely want to see, you know, track his progress over the offseason and spring training mm-hmm. closely. This is one of those, the later I draft, the, you know, more spring training info we have on his health, the better off. And know, I think the industry will be the same. Yeah, I think the industry will be the same thing. Like, if he yep. has a good spring, like, he'll start being pushed up yeah maybe he's a fourth round guy maybe i'm a little overly optimistic right now but we'll see well right maybe now, he's I'm your fourth round guy though that'd be good yeah be fun with that. yeah all right anybody else you want to add before we sign off here <sighs> no i think we fully have tapped <laughs> out my thoughts on 20 on 2023 yeah for now um, i really enjoyed that though i think i love i love looking ahead like i yeah. love see oh manny machado is really interesting one by the way yeah so i think he's a super floor guy yeah i think those are both solid second round guys just like last year uh, Machado completely year. quit stealing bases after he got hurt in June. That's just an interesting one to me. I don't know where that goes next year, but I think mm-hmm. he has something like one steal in the second half. Like he, well, he got hurt and then he completely quit stealing. Yeah. But he came back way ahead yep. of the schedule. He did. Too, though. I mean, that he was did. a severe no, he, it, injury. It looked like, yep. They obviously, they brought him back and they said, don't steal any bases. Now, just as a fantasy manager, we need to decide, did they see, did they say no stealing bases for the rest of the year? Because we need you for the playoffs, or did they say let's just stop stealing bases? It's a good question. Um, I mean, and how much yeah. do, do we need him to run? I mean, he, he had twelve stolen bases the year before, had nine this year. It wasn't like he. It's it's a huge, massive drop. Like we were counting on twenty five stolen mm-hmm. bases. He's only had twenty once in his career. He was twenty two at the time. We're not counting on stolen bases from him. No, I agree. Yeah, no, you're right. He's he is. He's a high floor guy. Uh, Marcus Simeon's another really interesting name to me. He's got 50 combined homers and steals. He's got a hundred runs scored and he got off to that just awful start to the right. season. Right. And pretty much re- and recovered and was great in Toronto the year before. So I'm interested to see when I start projecting him, where he ends up coming mm-hmm. out to. For sure. Me too. Devers is also an inter- interesting case. Cause he had such a really, really like rough, I think August last yep. 21 days though. He's yes. caught fire again. Uh, although he hasn't hit for the same sort of power. Um, been a very you know very interesting like pre pre break post break uh, season for him but i think there's such a malaise in boston this year yes i'm willing to write that off well i um, I, I was gonna say with boston i'm interested to see where they go with all of this like is yeah. bogarts what what are they gonna do with bogarts um do we know do we think trevor story is gonna bounce way back or not um mm-hmm. i'm interested to see what kind of lineup oh jd martinez is he out of there or, or is he still really good because this year he's been really disappointing. So one of the cool things about Devers and Bogarts and Martinez is they were just together and that lineup and it used to have bets and it was really good, right? Always among the league's leading scorers. Right, so right, he was right. a really high floor guy partially for that reason. So I'm interested to see what kind of lineup he's in next year. I think that's a great point. Are the Red yeah. Sox going to spend after kind of... You know, or are they, they going to go down for a year? And then I don't. They're, they're the Red Sox. They're not going down for four years. But would they go down for a year? Another... And, year is what you meant to say right well this year they even at least started the year kind of trying to compete they were kind of around there we talked about whether they be buyers or sellers Uh, would they go down down for a year where they're not even trying to yeah it's a good question Not a very boston thing to do but it's something they kind of did once for a year with right right after they let bets go maybe they do it again i don't know we'll see yeah seeing what happened with the orioles though it's like all this whole whole talk about, oh, I don't ever see how the Orioles are going to turn around in this division with the Red Sox and the Yankees and the Red Sox and the Jays and the Red. Well, the Orioles, here they are, a winning record, guaranteed to have uh, 
yep. over five, at least 500 or better record this year or over 500 record this year. Yep. And they, and, and a balanced schedule coming next year. Yeah. So like they, they are ready to probably ready to contend. I bet in their eyes, they are ready to contend for a playoff spot. next I'm year. I'm curious to see their behavior next year. Uh, right. In the off season. Like, yeah. Yes. Cause they, they outpitched expectations a lot. There's mm-hmm. some huge holes on that roster that if they plug them, all of a sudden they start to look like a playoff team next year. And, and again, the balance schedule would help them a lot. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I yeah. agree. All right. That's going to wrap up our look ahead. And this is the last uh, podcast of the season for Fred and I, uh, Maybe we'll do one in the offseason at some point there as we uh, I mean, you know, need a break from football and basketball there. We'll start talking a little baseball 2023. But I want to thank everybody who chimed in with us all season long. Uh, thanks again for listening. Thanks to Sorare for their sponsorship and take care.